Hello everyone and welcome to Documentation Not Included, a tech industry podcast presented by DNI Stream, the live knowledge repository for software professionals. It's Thursday at seven o'clock British time and we are live on twitch.tv forward slash DNI Stream. I'm Chris and unfortunately Josie cannot be with us today. She has come down with something. Hopefully it's not the unmentionable, which I'm sure we'll mention plenty of times today because that's part of the show. Um, I am, however, joined by Cameron. Cameron has been a guest before. Um, he came on for our Agents, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly episode a few months back. Um, but for listeners who haven't, you know, can't remember you or, or didn't listen to that particular episode, please do introduce yourself, Cameron. Hello all. Yeah, so returning, I'm Cameron McGrain. I'm Associate Director at Harvey Nash. So yeah, I've been, uh, been here before, returning guest. Um, but yeah, can't wait to jump into the hot topic, work from home. Um, sad just that Josie is not with us today. She did put me in the hot seat and grill me a lot last time. I was actually looking forward to it again. But I'm sure, uh, Chris, you will be able to uh, fill her shoes. I'll try. I'll try. It's not quite the same context or the same. Uh, there's not the, as much onus on you this t and today. It's it's more of a yeah, I'm not, general. I'm not yeah. <laughs> okay, so as always, is a, a hello to everybody in Twitch chat as well. We are live, so please do get involved, ask any questions or mention any comments uh, during the show, and we will uh, try and include them as appropriate. But before we get going, as always, when Josie is not here, she will have my guts for garters if I do not do the icebreaker question. I forgot about it up until the last minute, so um, it's, it's a very simple one today. So Cameron, icebreaker question. Uh, which one song could you listen to over and over without it annoying you oh do you know what i'm gonna to have to say will smith miami that's just a guess is a classic okay <laughs> you can't not hear that song and then just sort of like uh, move your head to it as well I mean, it just takes you back it, it's it's timeless my, I, I, yeah i suppose it's, uh, it's, it wouldn't be on my list but i mean I, to be fair I, i'm a big fan of his uh you know the, the first hit um Boom, shake the room, whatever it was called. Because yeah. I have a lot of fond memories of dancing around in clubs to it when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, and mine mine is a uh, a bit different. I'm a I'm into my, my rock and my metal. There's lots and lots of metal and rock songs I can listen to over and over. But there's one in particular, which is supposed more of a pop song. Turns out you look at it, and it's um, David Bowie, Space Oddity. That song... Obviously. Every time I listen to it, it sends chills down my spine. It's just one of them songs that I really like. I just really love listening to. Um, so that's mine. Okay, icebreaker done. Josie will be happy. So on to our topic, uh, staying sane when working from home. Now today we wanted to focus a little bit more on not necessarily how to work from home, because we've done a show on that before. Um, but today we wanted to focus more on what's currently happening, happening in the IT world, not just the IT world, but across the entire world, um, and it's hitting England quite heavily at the moment, we are under a kind of enforced working at home situation. A lot of people for the first time, probably maybe in the careers or for a first time, they are going to be working at home in isolation on their own um, under for, for an undetermined amount of time. And we wanted to talk today a little bit about how that feels, I suppose, and what to look out for and kind of how you know give a little bit of advice of how to do it now Josie and I we are both remote workers we both run our own businesses we have um you know we, we have our own offices and our own workspaces and we talked about how to set yourself up in the past but I suppose let's start with a question then Cameron you're currently in this situation you have been told by your employer to work from home and so is your team yeah. I'm assuming yeah absolutely. 
So what is your number one worry, I suppose, at the moment? Because you, you, you work at home occasionally, but you don't do it yep. regularly. You know, you don't do it as a as standard. So what's your number one worry for, for this? Well, I think for me, the, uh, it's my team, um, the, the people around me. So the team that I manage is actually, it's the headspace that they stay in right now. This isn't work from home. This is forced work from home, what we're chatting about just in, in the prep. And that, that's one thing, I think, uh, one day in isolation, working from home can be great. Um, day two, day three, fine, it's, it's week two and week three. So I think it's just making sure that people actually don't lose the, sort of the, the routine that they would normally have and that they still actually are, are being healthy. I've seen some staff, but it's like making sure they actually set aside time to, like I have a call with them every morning, it's like get out, go for a walk before you start work, actually have a routine, like take time off at, at lunchtime, dedicate time to actually yourself throughout the day. I think overworking, remote working is a, is, a, is a thing that happens. People sort of think, oh God, I bet my employer doesn't think I'm working as hard. So they, they actually overdo what they should and it's, it's making sure people are still being sensible really. Yeah, and, and so it's more about, I suppose, their, um their health, their mental health, they're kind of making sure that they are, uh, they're comfortable with it and they're reassured that you don't think that way, that you don't think that they're not doing, not pulling the weight necessarily. So yeah, that's what there is, is they, it? Go on. No, I was going to say, like, they, they know that I trust them uh, and it's productivity that's a, it's a secondary thing um, and behind that, that I, I know they're going to get on and do what they need to do. Um, but the primary thing, and it's, it's not to do the right thing or to sort of say to do the right thing, it's, it's just making sure that they're right. Everything else will sort of follow after it. Um, but yeah, the men mental health aspect is, is number one. So, I mean, at the moment then, are you struggling with anything in particular uh, when it comes to, apart from the worrying about the, two, the second and third week, are you, are you struggling with anything in particular with the immediate, because I'm presuming you've only been doing it for a few days at the moment, because it seems to be the last few weeks that people have been going into this forced remote working. Yeah, um, yeah. so we've had some people working from home since last Friday, um, um, various circumstances. Uh, this is my second day working from home. I was trying to remain in the office um, with the sort of the, the numbers that we did have. It was forced isolation anyway. Um, yeah, I think the main things uh, for me um, that I worry about are, is just actually what the impact is longer term um, for that and, and making sure that they're reassured as well. Um, the, the right now, being in the service industry that we are, it's actually you're, you're going away and speaking to the, the candidates, to the clients uh, and just actually your information gathering right now. Um, and that in itself can incite a little bit of panic in itself because you speak to one company and they say no we're we're not doing uh, any recruitment at all just now um we're putting everything on hold and all of a sudden you're thinking oh god how does this impact me and, and so people around us um which is a natural thing to do so uh, i think there's the remote working side of it but then there's what's actually going on in the world as well people have got more than enough stress happening just now so it's about not adding to that yeah the wider economy we, we don't really know what's coming and i mean I'm, I'm worried i don't really know where my next you know client is going to come from at the moment for for a number of reasons not just because of the uh, remote working thing if anything for me the remote working aspect or the forced remote working aspect could potentially be a good thing because a lot of the time i have to have conversations with clients about um about them uh, not allowing people like myself to work remotely and now hopefully they'll see that it can work or they might have the opposite experience 
and it may not work at all and they will absolutely definitely have a no remote working policy um so you know i'm i'm, I'm up in the air myself yeah i don't really know what what's yeah. going to happen and hopefully we'll but be able to gauge that sorry it's a bit sink or swim just now i think everyone's thinking i need to make this work because if we can prove that we can do it just now then when things go back to normal the company might have a slightly relaxed policy when it comes to work from home so i think a lot of people are thinking oh i i don't want to uh to mess up just now yeah. um because the, the opportunity is 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 there longer term so you also don't want to over deliver as you said now people will naturally over deliver um that is a common issue when it comes to remote working, people feel like they're not seen. They feel like because you're working at home and nobody's controlling or looking over you or, or staring over your shoulder at your screen or, or even just seeing that you're in the office, do, you know, doing your job, uh, they sometimes feel like uh, it's is it imposter syndrome? Is it there's a there's a there's a phrase, there's a word for it where you don't feel adequate enough, yeah, or, you know, yeah. yeah, and yet, and I think people can they can definitely over deliver i've got over that well and truly got over that um, these days i probably deliver uh, more than i would in an office but not overly you know i i probably deliver roughly the same um, amount of value but i have a much more controlled relaxed and uh i can i can manage my life a lot better because i don't have that additional commute time and i don't know how long your commute is into the office cameron but mine usually is an hour an hour and a half um, if I ever go into a client's office, which is to three hours a day at the minimum of wasted time or, you know, six, eight hours a week if I'm, if I'm commuting, you know, once or twice a week. Uh, and it, it all adds up and all of that time can be spent elsewhere. If you run a business, it can be spent earning money or trying to win new clients, or it can be uh, as an employee, it can just be spent, right? I'm finished for the day. Let's have tea and then do some chill out time, have a relax, you know, relaxation, because all that is very, very important and being able to separate work from your actual um, social time is extremely important, even when you're working remotely. But in isolation, how do we deal with that? How do we add that social time into it? Is that a worry? Have you, have you thought yeah, about Yeah, absolutely. That? Yeah, uh, definitely. I think that, that I've actually got um, on my uh, chalkboard in the kitchen, I've got a, a notepad, a no notes, um, and I've got work from home rules um, that I've put in um, just just for, for the day. It's, it's got really simple things. It, it's um, cause I think you, you lose a sense of sort of time and reality. So some of them are just sort of really pedestrian things like um, drink two liters of water a day, um, try and get out and do 10,000 steps a day. Um, like get eight hours sleep at night. I think the thing when you work from home is I'm not having to get up the next morning. So actually, ten o'clock becomes eleven o'clock comes whenever people lose a routine. So I think it's is is important to try and maintain some of that routine that you would have externally anyway. Um, and absolutely, it's it, I think the people go into it with the best of intentions, um, and then within a couple of days fall just mm -hmm. into the trap they just didn't want to be i saw this fantastic meme sent around the other day that was day one working from home and it was thor like proper proper thor and then it was day five working from home and it was thor and ragnarok after he'd like put all the weight on had the massive beard and was just looking at it. i was like 
that's very true. Obviously, a bit of extreme. <laughs> it was like, let's not be day five Thor. Let's be day one Thor for as long as we can. I suppose. I suppose I can't. I can't. I have seen a few of the the memes going around that uh, about that. Obviously, remote working is a massive thing at the moment. It's it's all over social media, all over LinkedIn. Um, I have. I can't relate to them because I've got such a routine now because I have been, I, I must be, it's well over 10 years that I've been almost exclusively working at home. I feel out of place when I have to work in an office. I feel really quite awkward and constrained and like I've, when I'm working in an office, I feel like my entire life is work because I'm doing all of that commute and because I'm, when I've finished the commute and I get home, I'm still thinking about work. I'm, I haven't wound down. There's something about when I, hit a certain time. I mean, I use, I keep a timesheet. Um, I keep a timesheet because I don't work, I don't necessarily work like four hours and then another four, uh, sorry, four hours in the morning and then another four and a half, five hours in the afternoon or whatever. I split it up depending on what tasks I've got on and what other things are going on in my life. But I keep logs of exactly how much time I've spent in everything. So I know that by the end of the day, I might start at six in the morning, I might do an hour and then I might do some exercise downstairs and then I might go for a walk at lunchtime or I might, uh, I might have another task, some house thing I need to do. My wife might need me to do something or whatever. And then at five o'clock, I might go downstairs and eat me dinner. And then I'll come back upstairs and do a little bit more work. But I won't be working until death. I'll be working until I've hit that seven and a half, eight hour mark. Um, and I've, I've built a fairly good routine out of that. And I can be very productive doing that. Some people need solid blocks of time. And absolutely, if you do, if you do need that, and sometimes I get really into the zone, and you know, I'm spending four or five hours doing one thing, one task. Um, but in that instance, that's when what you mentioned about forgetting to drink, forgetting to blink, forgetting to <laughs> forgetting to do the you know the normal things. Sometimes I'll find myself sitting here, and I need a wee for hours and hours, and I'm not actually, you know, I'm, I'm just haven't got up because I'm so engrossed in it, and there's nothing to distract me. Whereas if I was in an office, somebody would say something to me, and I'd be like. After I've finished the conversation, I might go to the toilet and then come back. But there's something about being at home that it's there. It's right. It's, it's, I could, you know, if there wasn't a wall here, I could probably touch my toilet. It's, it's right close to me. But I just don't get up and do anything about it. Um, so, yeah, I can see that. I can see that as being a, a worry because it's a very different mindset and a very different frame of mind, I suppose. Yeah, but you're 10 years into it. I think uh, people earlier on, they sort of view it as always they're giving enough rope to hang themselves in a way. And it's like, mm. no, that's not it. Um, I'm very productive when I work from home. Um, sometimes, as you say, like too productive. Like yesterday, that was an extenuating circumstance with the HMRC announcement. But uh, I was logged on about half eight in the morning, didn't log off to about half nine at night. Took about 15 minutes to cook and eat my lunch uh, and then was, was back on again. Yep. And I don't do that every day. I'm not going to be saying I work a 60 hour a week every week, but that was me being in the zone, as you say, to, to sort of get through that. Um, but this is a forced work from home. I, I think it's, it's a different sort of set of circumstances here when it's when it's a one off, when it's sort of isolated, then it can be very, very productive. And I think anyone could be productive. So like you don't have people coming up and saying, oh, Cam, can I, you got two minutes to have a meeting, uh, catch up. You can just, as you say, get into the zone, get things done. Um, it's when you sort of lose that sense of team camaraderie, team spirit. Um, now, everyone will be slightly different. A lot of devs that I know will let you put their headphones in and then they'll, they'll write code for three, four hours um, and very little breaks in between. I don't work in that industry. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more collaborative. So it's the, it's the collaboration and the activity that you sort of you lose if you do it for an extended period of time. 
So I know I know a lot of devs that are in that situation as well, where they don't, uh, they do not like working at home. They want to be with people, even though they 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 are quite often sat there with the headphones in for three four hours. Um, but they like to be able to say to somebody, "Have you seen this problem before?" Or, "Or did you did you see the game last night?" Or you know, just something to break the day up. Whereas I don't really miss that. I'm, I've got um, I've got multiple chat programs. I've got my you know my Slack program for for communicating with my clients um i've got uh, discord which i use for um i've got a community for dni stream in there um plus we also have other various gaming communities and things like that so that's my distraction i suppose it doesn't take any of my time up really but it's there if i need to break from right i've been writing this function for for 45 minutes and i've still not done it you know and i need to take you know take take my mind away from it because Believe me, it works. Just going to make a brew and coming back upstairs, you solve a problem, you know, and I'm sure you have the same. Everyone everyone has that when you break away from something. And you need to remember to do that. And, and I suppose the routine is a big thing. I very I very much might have this spreadsheet that, um, that I use to log my time. But if I don't get up at five or six o'clock or whenever I get up, get a shower, get dressed and that's a very important thing for, for working at home get dressed to like you going into an office i mean fair enough i'm not in a shirt and tie but i i get clothes on um and then start work by a, be, at least before nine o'clock that's that's how i see it if i start work before nine o'clock then i'm good i'm generally good for the day if i start after nine o'clock then i'm probably not going to be as focused as i should be and that doesn't happen these days it might have yeah. done when in the early days and then I have lunch at 12, pretty much every day. Um, sometimes half 12, 11, uh, 1 o'clock if I'm really stuck into something or I've got a meeting. And then I'll do the afternoon. And as I said, sometimes I'll break that up. But generally, because I start quite early not more, most of the time, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, I've got plenty of time to be distracted and still be productive, you know? And you, you've got to, you know, the, everyone's got yeah. different home environments as well mine's very quiet i've got a cat that scratches at my door that's the loudest i have in my house so i'm quite, I'm quite lucky really but i know people like yourself have a lot of other distractions yeah and that and that's it so i think yeah i'm a I'm big fan of getting up so this is day two so both days i've got up i've gone for a walk for 20 minutes in the morning fortunately scotland um actually has been been kind to me and it's been sunny um and, and and yeah i've i've gone i've had a shower i've done my normal routine but yeah i'm not going to put on um like work work clothes but something that is uh, just a change of clothes so you actually feel psychologically that's this, this is it and then just plug in for ex acceptable periods of time um but that's what's gone out the window uh, early on just because of well the, the sort of the reaction to what's been going on um in the market and um, but also just in the wider economy as well but uh, yeah i think that that's it i I'm less seasoned from you and working from home, but I know when enough is enough. I don't have imposter syndrome because I know what I've what I've done. It, it, for me, it's kind of do a little bit extra right now to try and help other people in in that sort of sense. Um, but I think people need to have that routine. They need to have that sort of sense of right because if you work from home and then you log off and then you're still in the same room that you've been working in, you get up the next day and you do that and you do that. And um, if you don't have a purpose behind that, you don't have sort of a knowing what good looks like, then that's it. It's like, oh, I'm just going to keep going until someone stops me. But if you're by yourself, no one's going to stop you. You need to know what's good, what good looks like and be able to say, hey, that's enough. I'm very much a 
when I hit that time for the day and I've, I've done my work, everything gets closed down on my PC. Even if I stay in the same room, which I don't, because I, I have a break, you know, I'm going, I'm going to speak to my wife and spend some time with her and cuddle a guinea pig or something, I don't know. And then, and then I might come back upstairs a few hours later to maybe play a game with some of my friends or, or do a podcast or maybe even sometimes I'll get my laptop out downstairs and this, sorry, this is the life of a geek, but I'll start programming, but I'll program something different and it will be something, you know, I like the, the documentation not included website, for example, I've been doing a lot of work on that recently. Um, but I also do other things like during the day uh, on Wednesday afternoons, I do a stream, I do a development stream and that is dedicated time that I know it feels like the same thing because I'm still programming, but it's still breaking it up. It's still make, I'm, I'm still yeah. setting time aside for myself. And that's, I, that's what I enjoy. Not everybody would enjoy doing that. And I even know programmers that absolutely hate being on the computer when they're not working. You know, they, they want to be out. Yeah. I mean, I go out riding my bike, which by the sounds of it, it's going to get banned as well, but that's coming in. I think they're going to ban pedal cycling uh, in leisure, leisure time. Um, but yeah, it's it's breaking it up, but staying disciplined as well. So you you coming from a would you are you consider yourself a team lead or are you, you're not a business owner? Are you? You're a team lead type. No, no, position. Um, I, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I, I manage uh, manage a team, um, but I also uh, work and recruit myself. So, so I've got two things. I've got sort of my personal um, hat on uh, in terms of like speaking so i recruit contractors um uh, and have done for about 10 years so i manage the permanent um, business in edinburgh so uh, i've got very much uh, a food in both camps with that um so i think for me what i do is i have personal goals for the day like i want to achieve this today and that way it's very easy for me to hit five o'clock six o'clock whenever that is and be like right i can log off now and i know i've had a good day um for the, for the team for the wider piece then it's actually um you've you can influence that but you can't do the job for them um, and it's actually just about making sure that they are in the headspace where they can they're effective to do the job but also to let them know that hey right now your well-being is actually more important and you know what you're gonna have good days and bad days and if you hit some stuff you wanted to do some days and you don't the other look it's not the end of the world like we're like there's bigger issues uh, with things going on um so some of the stuff i can directly impact others i can and you sort of need to be happy with that. Yeah, and you, you can't control people at the end of the day. People are sentient. People have their own minds and their own ways of doing things. Um, and some people are going to overwork. And there also are, and let's be honest, there are going to be some people that underwork as well. And there may be very many different reasons for that. It could be that they don't know how to be disciplined at home. They have a home life that is disruptive or can be disruptive. I'm very lucky in that I, my home life's very quiet. My, my wife works at home as well, but she knows very much that if that door's closed, and especially if she can hear me talking to somebody I'm in a meeting, she doesn't disturb me. But she'll come and bring me a brew, and she'll come and give me a kiss. And and if there's something urgent that happens, you know, I, I'll she'll alert me. But generally, yeah. we're not the kind of people that are on the phone to each other all the time either, but we, we're always in contact. It's, it's odd, but it works. But she knows that when I'm working, I'm working, and it's important to have my own space as well. And some people don't have that space either. So, yeah, I mean, I'm presume again. I've, I've actually I know people who again work in their front room because they don't have a an office or they don't have a bedroom that they can work in or a quiet place. Um, there was one company um, that uh, Josie uh, Josie is the ambassador for one of their products um, called Git Kraken. You may very well have heard of them. 
um, they have recently, because of this coronavirus um, thing, they have given every employee a thousand dollars or an American company a thousand dollars to set themselves up at home which I think is admirable I mean that isn't doable for big for a lot of companies you know it would be a, yeah. a big expense but it's admirable that they've done that and that they've um they they're empowering in that instance their their employees to get better and have no real excuses to be uncomfortable at home well I say that money doesn't solve everything does it yeah, and that's a problem. Yeah, that, that's this. And there, there, there's been exceptional circumstances, um, and it's been really good to see people the way they have reacted to it. Organisations that potentially have, have always been a bit draconian in their approach to um, to recruitment and onboarding as well. And uh, we've got people who are due to start roles who are relocating from other other areas right now, outside of the UK as well as inside, and they've been mailed laptops and told that they can just start remotely um as well and that's great and that shows a commitment from them to sort of try and embrace the the world that we're in right now and the, the sort of the phrase i've been using to a lot of people is we need to uh, in, in sort of the digital world right now we still have quite an analog approach to the the process of, of bringing people on board them or, or remote or home working but that only solves half the problem uh, I was chatting before the show started I've got a 19-month-old son, so he's at that age where he needs a lot of attention, but he's not old enough where he actually knows what's going on right now. And um, he's running around. My mum was here today trying to sort of help out, as she does on a Thursday. Um, I was fortunate that she was able to take him away for several hours, and when his nap time comes, that's fantastic, because that's peace that I can just literally plug in for two hours. But a lot of people don't have that. I know people who are working at home right now they're in the process about to move house and um, they've got a few kids at home and uh, of varying ages and they've just got to make do what the best is not that they're home taking a piss it, it's that yeah. the, their circumstances yeah. don't allow them to yeah. have the sort of the same work um not even ethics but just their, their work capacity hours to work in the day that they can focus that, that you can uh, and then i can sometimes so it's 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 interesting that like Josie and I have always had the opinion. I'm an evangelist when it comes to working from home. Josie is a pragmatic kind of. In, uh, she 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 obviously has no problem with her employees working at home or working at home herself, but she understands. She's got more of an empathetic uh, approach to it. She understands that not everybody wants to do it, can do it, has the capacity to uh, to be disciplined in that in that way. Um, or mm. has the right home environment for it. And, you know, I'm coming around to that. I do understand that as well. I would never force anybody to work remotely, personally, um, if I had employees, you know, uh, I do have employees, but if I had a, a lot of employees and I had a, a big business, then you would need an office. You can't really, not really do everything remotely. There are some companies that yeah. are only remote. Tech companies, you know, startups, occasionally you say, we are fully remote and we do all this, but... They must have to say no to certain people who can't work remotely or don't perform when they they're given that opportunity. Um, and some people actually are quite forthcoming with that. I mean, there's companies up here who um, RBS being one of them will often say to people, "You need to work from home two days a week because there's not enough desk space for them." And there are people who go, "I, I, I don't want to do that because I, essentially I don't trust myself to work from home. I, I'm it's not trusting. It's just I'm not as productive as I would be in an office hmm. uh, as well." And that's that. I mean, that's great of them to be that enlightened about their their, their, their own product output um, uh, as well. So I mean, it works. It works both ways. Um, I think it, it's not for everyone. Now we've got uh, Tultepe said something in chat. So he says, I work from my gaming slash hobby room. 
that in itself feels like a distraction for me. My private projects are all around the room. My PC is set up for free time and I have been converted to convert and have been converted to work. Uh, it's taken some time to get the daily routine into something that feels comfortable. So, I mean, see, that's a typical, typical, you know, person who works in an office all the time or works, uh, Tultepe actually works on ships occasionally, he, he's out at sea, um, but he does programming for them. So he's, um, he, he's not an exception there. He, there's a lot of people that are in that situation. So I suppose when somebody is, I don't know the answer to this and I'm, I'm Hoping you might have some insight here. I'm not going to put you on the spot if you don't, but let's see. Let's see how we get how far we get. So, what what advice would we give to somebody then that that is forced to work from home and doesn't feel like they can work from home for any reason? You know, because there's so many reasons not to do it. Yeah. How, how can they cope with it better? I think it's trying to minimise the distractions. So it sounds like the distractions there are. Um, just like either work or is, is I don't know, PS4 or other sort of computer that's going on there, it's very difficult unless you've got another workstation that you can go to um, or a place where you can't do it just now because it's probably going to be a lockdown. But unless there's a place that you can go to that you're not going to have these distractions, that that's it. It's self-discipline at a certain point, though. Um, and that's probably I'd come back to just having uh, either sort of like some daily goals that you, just, you want to achieve. Look, so this is a sort of a non-negotiable here so for me when i do things i look at it, things in like one twos and threes like ones absolutely have to get done two i really like to get done three that can bump to get to tomorrow's to-do list um if things become a bit too manic and i think it's just something as something as pedestrian as that as just i need to achieve this today and if you if that's not enough i would maybe go a step further and actually sort of block out time so like how many hours are going to take me to get through certain tasks and then just almost have a bit of a day planner. Um, but I think once you actually set the routine, it takes about, what, 30 days to create a habit. Um, we're okay. probably going to be working for about 30 days. So um, there's, um, you sort of need to, I'm actually reading a book just now called The Power of Habit. And there, there is all of the, the, this event around the, the queue um, and the reward and like why people follow certain things. Um, and, and you just sort of need to create a, a, a new habit around that. It's a lot easier said than done. Um, I appreciate the, me sort of just telling you, hey, just, just create a day plan and do this is, is probably not, not matching. The thing is, I think, you need to start I think everybody will have some, that will work for some people. Uh, it's not something personally that I've ever needed to do. I just have a list of things that uh, I either need to do in my head or I just have a note in my code from yesterday if I was in the middle of something. Sometimes I stop coding abruptly. I don't get to a natural end. Sometimes I just stop coding, put a comment, and then go and finish for the day. Um, but not, not normally. I like to get to a good natural save point, I suppose, is the, <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, but, I mean, like my advice is the routine more than anything else. That's it, Yes, distractions are important. Um, I, I said I'm lucky that I don't get many, but for me, routine is the key for me. If I, if I fall out of this starting before 9 o'clock, thing starting as early as I can before nine o'clock if I stop doing my exercise in the morning and then having breakfast and then having a shower and then getting you know starting work and having lunch at 12 then I would probably not be very productive at all um so there's also going to be people that get distracted by external um stimuli such as kids such as spouses that don't quite understand that you need to be left alone to do your job you're not at home to help you know to help them um I, 
I don't know where to go with that one either. I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky again that my, my wife understands. So what would you say there? Do you know what? It's, it is. It's a difficult one. I think you're right. You sort of don't underestimate the power of routine um, in, in that sense. So, and that would go to having a conversation with your spouse. Uh, I've got a very understanding fiance and, and she, she gets it. Um, with uh so she will take uh, my son uh, our son and um we'll be like right oh, okay i'm I'm just gonna have him just now um i i'm fortunate for that one so I, I don't know but i think what you were talking about there about the routine that that's quite powerful because with that it's self-discipline to follow that routine and if you follow a routine of that then you will follow a routine of other things if you've already like this is sound corny as hell but if you've already failed at something in that day then a second failure doesn't mean as much um, whereas actually, if you just stick to that routine, you're going to get the endorphins or some sort of feeling a sense of accomplishment. But just try and take away as many decisions out of the day. So, I mean, lay your clothes out the night before so you know exactly what you're wearing the next day. Have things, food prepped for you. All the stuff that's going to take time out of your day, there's a distraction. Try and prep that the day before if you can and minimize the decisions you have to make on that said day. So when you do wake up, it's this case of this is what I need to get done. And that ultimately does come down to self-discipline. You have to, like, no one's going to make you do it at home. In the office, someone's going to go past you and say, so and so, you've been internet shopping for the past 30 minutes. Like, what the hell are you doing? Mm. Um, but at home, who's going to do that? Um, no one for me. I need to know that I, well, I have to get through this because if I don't, I'm going to have clients or candidates unhappy with me. So you, you've got to do it. You've got to find that, that headspace that, that allows you to, to be successful. I think my motivation is slightly different again then from a kind of an employee because I have to satisfy my clients. You have to satisfy your employer's clients and your job is on the line, I suppose, if you don't do that. But with me, it's actually directly my finances that are on the line. If I, I could get fired from a contract, you know, I could get a contract cancelled early or, or I might upset a client and not potentially get some work in the future. But I suppose that's similar to how you work as a as an agent. So it's not it's not too different really. Yeah. Well how did you start? You've been working for home for ten years now. So how did you start? What differences if you were to speak to Chris ten years ago, what would you say to him now that you didn't do then that you do do now? Hmm. I was I was guilty of overworking, like massively overworking. Um to the point where I had that was very different from from any any of these kind of situations. I didn't just overwork in my contracts and my. I, I never worked permanently at home. I never worked remotely when I was permanent. It was always contract. Um, but I've always had a business head on me, so I've always had side projects that have been potentially new revenue streams, or I've had um, I've had hobbies that might eventually turn into businesses or something like that. So I burned out very very badly um, and I had to drop a lot of my projects and my my hobbies um, and it was roughly around the time I got married as well so I you know I had a new love interest I also had um, I had three bands that I was in at the same time um, I was writing an indie computer game and I was running a recording studio and I was running my contracting business and I was also doing one or two kind of freelance jobs on top of the main contract as well and it just got too much but that's I'd say don't do that, but I learned my lesson. I burned out, I learned my lesson, and now when I, I'm not a yes man anymore, I don't just say yes to everything and do try and do everything. I know that it's very, very, very important for me to finish at that specific time 
stop thinking about work, even if I'm still on my computer, and get on with something else, whether it's on my computer or it's watching telly or it's going for a walk or playing some badminton with my friends or something, you know. So let's focus a little bit more on the isolation part. Because with it's not just the remote working part of things. We're going to be isolated from our team and we're also going to be isolated from society to an extent as well. So at the moment we have, uh, right now, I am isolated from most of the teams that I work with. But I have the added benefit of being able to do my badminton and everything else that I do. You know, I can go out, but I can't really, can, but it's not sensible to really go and do those things now at the moment. I am forcing myself to be less social. Um, I'm, I'm, and then that's eventually going to end up being a, a government uh, level force as well. I imagine within the next few months, we'll probably end up be told you can't do as many things as you want. You had, you done before. Freedoms are getting taken away, I suppose, in a way. Um, so that is an added issue and and going crazy going stir crazy this is the sanity part of the the show title <laughs> how what's the best way to deal with that or what do you think is the best way or how are you, how are you going to deal with that technology we, we're going to have to stay connected i mean like everything around us is, is about right information faster whether it's apps on your phone or it's it's it's, it's tech that we're using we endorse uh, uh, the, these techs on a daily basis uh, you should do this. You should be using these things. Oh, do things remotely. But people always fall back and they say that analog approach where they want to look in the whites of your eye. But this now is the time to actually be like, right, this is the catalyst for change. Um, so I do, I mean, I've been, as I said to you before, there's been a 500% increase in Teams usage in um, in Friday last week. Mm. So Microsoft, RSS, and the hell out of things. I, I've been in countless Teams calls today um, and I make everybody... Um, do the video on as well so it's not just an audio um and you know what that will feel a little bit alien on day one and day two but then people start to crave that and it becomes the new norm at that point um people just need to reach out and get and stay connected i, I talk about this all the time it's like the connectivity of it all is like we just need to find a way you might not want to you might be like cam's forcing me to have a conversation with so-and-so but i one of the the guys today i was brushing my teeth at like half quarter past whatever it was this, this morning he called me I was like hey he doesn't normally call me unless he's, he's got some things he's like oh, I just thought to give you a call like just I'm trying to make an effort to like call people more just now <laughs> it's like it's little, little gestures like that spark something in someone else's brain to go hey do you know what I'm going to reach out to that person as well and um, I think technology it's, it's it's there it's what we what's the industry I'm in it's what you're in mm. we, we've, we've, we've got to use it I mean, it's one of the things that we do DNI stream for because Justin and I are remote because we don't speak to that many people. We sound like hermits, but we're not. I mean, I'm quite a social person, but the the, the fact is is that this is and the community that we've built around this podcast is uh, is really important to us, and it's really important to a lot of the people in the community as well. They they thrive for that interactivity. So on a professional level, then we're talking about communication tools here. We're talking about um, enabling people to connect to each other instantly with instant messages and you know chat programs like slack and discord and skype and teams and everything else hopefully slack will die a death soon and will everyone will move into something more appropriate because it's not particularly secure or great but we've talked about that a lot on this uh, this podcast before um and 
you mentioned something there about people having the cameras on and it being alien. Someone on LinkedIn mentioned this uh, earlier on today or yesterday. Um, I was saying how much I, I don't like it when I speak to clients and they don't turn the camera on. I've got some clients at the moment, nobody has a camera or nobody turns a camera on. One person did once and, and she said, uh, the project manager uh, for, for something that I'm not really working with, but I needed to speak to her about something. And uh, she she turned, she said, oh, I'm, I'm at home today and I'm, I look like a dog's dinner. I don't really want to turn my camera. I went, I don't mind. So, because I had mine on, she felt compelled to put hers on and she looked fine. You know, there was nothing wrong with her, but she just had she, this camera um, bias, I suppose, and consciousness. Uh, I'm so used to being on camera now and I'm so used to doing live streaming and stuff. It doesn't bother me. I used to hate the look of myself and now I can just, I don't care. I, I look how I look. Occasionally my hair looks stupid, but who cares? It's occasionally beards up here, you know, but it is what it is. I'm a big fan of being able to see someone, being able to see the gestures, being able to read them, being able to know when they want to interject. It's and being able to know when I'm talking for too long as well, because I'm very guilty of that occasionally. I say occasionally, he says, taking up 90% of the, the podcast today. Um, but I'm, I, I hope that this gives people more camera confidence. Because a lot of them are perfectly fine talking to each other face to face, yeah. but just not on camera. Do, do you, everyone in your office have cameras? Yeah, it's a yeah, everyone's, everyone's got it. Um, some people use them. Um, uh, Ninety-five percent of people use them. A couple of people don't um, uh, for whatever reason. I'm not going to force them to do it, but I encourage them. It's like, look, you turn turn it on. Um, so in the team that that, that I look after, um, yeah, everyone turns them on. There's no there's no real issues with it. Um, I think it just, but it is even just now. So I, uh, I I love chatting with people, like meeting people in in person. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, hand gestures. I, I'm often sort of just chatting with my hands as much as I am with my mouth and my eyes. Um, I, I can't help but do that. I think sometimes people are self-conscious of that as well because of how do I look and whatever. Business idea, just create filters for, for camera here, like Instagram filters, millionaire, everyone <laughs> you would use them. But um, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, I'm, I'm like you, like, I look how I look. I mean, the last time I did the show, I just had this sty developing in my eye and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't care. It, it is what it is. It's uh, no one looks flawless all the time. And I think we need to get away from that sort of image-centric sort of like mindset of like, oh, I don't look terrible. It's like, I, I don't care. Well, this isn't a dating thing. We're not, I'm not trying to take you out. There's, there's one. Thing. There's one key difference to being online and talking to somebody in a meeting room and being offline and talking to someone face to face. I mean, there's two key differences. Three actually. One is. I know it's usually not associated with just normal social interactions, but pheromones, they're actually quite important when it comes to speaking to somebody, gauging the reaction based on, on this subconscious kind of unconscious thing. But there's also, you can see yourself when you're in a meeting room. And so many people are looking at, I, I stare at myself most of the time while I'm talking, while I'm talking to you on the podcast. I, I look at myself and I don't know why. And I'll look at you, you know, when you're talking, but I, I, it's just how, how it is. And people will naturally do that. They will naturally look at themselves most of the time. Um, well, and secondly, you I'm going to start, I'm going to start looking at myself and I'm going to feel like I'm like this, this narcissistic guy. <laughs> well, but maybe I am, maybe I'm narcissistic. I said, I've been doing it too long. I've been streaming and being online. I remember that as, um, as audio, 
and as video both became the norms on the internet i was there i was one of the first early adopters doing it because of mainly because of gaming because um talking to people in games and watching you know seeing seeing people playing games on twitch and things like that there were you know quite big things um they're massive now but back then they were like wow they're in america and i can see them and i can talk to them without this 20 second delay that you see on television you know it's amazing it's it's right there and then um i've forgotten the point i was trying to make but on, on the third one um the the third thing is that the people are in 3d that's the another big difference people are that you can i know we don't do it very often in business apart from handshakes but you can touch each other you know you can you can they're there there's a tangibility to it um and people just aren't used to it but i don't feel like this interaction that you and i are having is actually that much different from if i was in your house right now apart from maybe weird because yeah. i'd be in your house yeah, but you and I have known each other for about, what, I don't know, a couple of years. Um, yeah. So there's a, a familiarity there from countless hours probably on the, on the phone uh, as opposed to this. Uh, my voice is familiar to you and sort of like vice versa as well. But I think it, it's 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 the mindset shift. Um, that this is now the new norm. So actually you can sort of sort of left behind a little bit or not be as connected as you'd like to be because you want to, to crave that sort of like 3d meeting um or you just roll with the times and like this is what it is now and it's forced change so you might not like it none of us like aspects of it but we sort of need to roll with the punches a little bit and i think once it becomes the new norm and that's one of the things that through the conversations since last day friday when things became a lot more serious and a lot more real uh, um with with, with the, the sort of likely stay at home is the oh i think we might have potentially yet yeah, we just lost cameron down people saying something no he's you're back we lost me. your internet's been a little bit shaky um for for a little bit today but uh, most people's internet is being a bit shaky at the moment because so many people are working at home <laughs> i lost the last sentence i yeah. saw there sorry if you can say that again I was just saying it's the way when it becomes the new norm um uh, there were people who this conversation has been had since uh since the the the, the announcements last or Thursday Friday and people have done 180s um on the space of 24 hours no we're not going to do this oh actually do you know what yes we are now doing this and I think it's it's just that once they sort of see strength in numbers hey everyone else is doing this just now I may as well do the same thing as well it'll be a gradual sort of like sort of coming of age of like this is now the new norm it's weird i i, I always do this on the show but i'm relating this back to guinea pigs right um i'm regular listeners know that i'm i, I love guinea pigs we've got a lot at home but if you give a new set we've actually got some foster guinea pigs in at the moment um two two new boys that have come from a pretty dodgy situation and they're very timid and they're very uh, awkward and they don't eat many different foods but if you manage to get one of them to eat what a new carrot you know like a new vegetable that they haven't tried before the other one is all over it and it's the same thing every kind of social yeah. animal and we are very social animals um that they will latch onto it and i know that it's been enforced but there's also oh yeah they're doing it I can see RB, like we've seen this with the IR35 thing as well. RBS are banning PSCs, so Santander start doing it, and blah de blah de blah, or whoever. I don't know the exact names, but you know what I mean. Um, 
Yeah, and it's it's almost as if it yeah, becomes no. accepted and people it's, it's very... just go ahead with it. Yeah, that that's it. All you is a celebrity to endorse uh, I know, Google Hangouts or Teams or something like that, and God, everyone will be on it because yeah. cool, Edris Everett it was cool it's the same sort of idea as soon as somebody starts doing it we'll follow we are a lot of people are when it comes to that and i think uh, cameron's internet is playing up a little bit and i think this is the problem as well at the moment i actually got a guy who works for a rather large uh, one of my best mates works for a rather large games company and he's working on um a new release coming up uh, and he's working on the global infrastructure for it and all of the work he had planned and everything that he's designed is just gone to gone to shot because because of this, everyone in the whole world is now working at home. So all of the designs that he's put together have all gone wrong. <laughs> and he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's furiously trying to get all that fixed and cater for all the new bandwidth, which wasn't, you know, up until a few weeks ago, just it wasn't even going to be a thing. You know, even if everybody uh, who had access to the internet was on the internet, it still wouldn't have been a problem. But now everyone needs additional access. And yeah, and they're using a lot more bandwidth. Right, so I think... Hopefully, if Cameron's still with us, he's yeah. freezing on and off. Um, we are going to close the show anyway. We've come up to the end now. So, thank you very much to everybody. Thanks to Tultepe, who's been the only only chatter today. Um, unfortunately, because Josie hasn't been around, I haven't been able to do as much uh, social media stuff with everything else like to prep for the show. So, didn't have as many live listeners as we normally do today, but we will get this up online tomorrow. Um, and said thank you to everybody and please do listen to the podcast in the future um thanks to cameron thank you very much for joining us today it's uh, certainly been I, I i always like talking about different subjects other than like the deep techie stuff as well and the more social aspect of it as much as i'm a little bit of a misanthropist occasionally i do like talking about and trying to help you know other people overcome issues that they're they're facing and hopefully today we'll provide a little bit of information for them to do that so you have an opportunity now if you've got any projects that you're talking about or you want to pimp your company or anything like that feel feel free to do that now um to be honest, well put me on the spot here i don't have anything prepared <laughs> no i think to be honest um the uh, the thing that's come out uh, of a lot of this, which I've actually been really, really encouraged by, is everyone's reaction to this as well. I think we've been living in this really sort of capitalist society for a very long time where, like, cash is king and profit and whatnot. And actually seeing everybody come together for the greater good and it's sort of really their true colours coming out, but in a really good sense, um, has been just fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, like Harvey Nash, we work with lots of big companies, lots of small companies and everybody in, in between. Um, but we're all part of the tech sort of community um, and everybody seems to be really intent on doing the right thing just now. It's, it's sad that I was sort of saying to, to Hannah, to my partner, um, like, what was the one of the last like really good things that happened in the world? It's like you had forest fires in Australia, you had things going on in California, you've got the Brexit, Mexit, Kobe Bryant died, God. Um, <laughs> you, 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 that, was, that was a hard day for me. I was a basketball player for so long. Um, uh, you, you had all these things going on and it was like this seems to sort of be the catalyst if there can be any piece of sort of silver lining of what's going on here is that we sort of come out the other end as better people doing sort of the right thing um as well so 
I think, I think for me, um, working from home is a byproduct of what's going on right now. Um, but I think it's an opportunity for, for all of us to, to actually probably uh, wake up a little bit and, um, and and I suppose to sort of think about the, the wider sense, uh, not just sort of individuality, but, but actually um, maybe a contribution to tech, to, to what we're doing right now. And that starts from just making working from home work well um, so that we can get more flexibility. The things that have come from the the short uh, the short time that we've been doing this is the satellite images showing the lifting of smog coming from like the major cities across there. So actually, our carbon emissions have reduced substantially oh, yeah. just by that. So, do we need to go back the full way, or can we actually find a bit of a happy medium? I mean, when I've um, said quite often, and again, you'll have had this been been in the you know been placing people like myself. Quite often, people will say to me, "Well, why do you want to work at home? Or you you can't do your job from home." Um, and I said, "Well, I can." And the the reason that the main one of the main reasons that I do it is its efficiency. But one of the secondary reasons and key reasons for me is um, is my carbon footprint. I'm if I'm leaving the house and and doing fifty miles to work and 50 miles back from work not only does that cost me more physically it's also putting a lot of co2 into the atmosphere and people just don't think about it i didn't even know that happened i'd like to see the if you've got any um links or anything like that i'd like to see that um that data because that's i didn't never even occurred to me that but it'd be very interesting to see that i'd like to share that on on linkedin i think um yeah really good it's a, it's a small silver lining with what's going on but if we can sort of as you say just find a bit of a halfway house where we don't go back all the way we make this work for as long return the we start using the tools and we start coming in our, in our masses then there can be a benefit from this i think um said that one of the one of the key things here for me is that it's happening to everybody it's happening across the entire world and everybody's been affected by it. everybody knows coronavirus covid19 everybody that i've spoken to has some kind of opinion on it not all, everyone has the same opinion some people think it's blown out of all proportion um, but most of those people and, and i was one of them a few weeks ago a few weeks ago up until last friday or maybe the friday before i was like oh it'll blow over don't worry about it and then i started reading more independent articles not necessarily you know red tops and tabloids um and it was more about the actual effect it's having on things like the the health systems across the world um articles from doctors where they're you know they're completely overrun by that they're in much worse situation than we're in at the moment but we are likely to get into that situation and it made me think maybe i should start taking you know paying attention to this and it's not me that I'm worried about necessarily because I'm not a vulnerable person, but a society as a whole, I mean, even if I look at it selfishly, if I have an accident in a week's time and I go, you know, unrelated to, to the virus and I go to the hospital, I'm not, I might not get the treatment that I expect. And again, we're lucky and I say lucky in this country, but we have the NHS, but it's a, it's a, it made me think and made me think a lot deeper about, other people and about the vulnerable people that I might be passing the disease on to and, and things like that. And it is very, it's very, very real. And it's, it's happening, you know, across the entire world and it's bringing us together. And that's the key. I think here, your, what you said, it's, it, it's making, we're all suffering together. And I, I am seeing 
a lot of people who are embracing it or at least taking it seriously. Uh, and yeah, hopefully there'll be some silver lining. There'll be a I think you're right. For, for a long time, I think a lot of people, myself included, I, I'm not one for mass panic and hysteria. I was a bit like, oh, it's, it'll blow over. It's sort of fine. And obviously, be, I've got parents in their 70s. It's like, oh, you know what? I was making sure they were okay, but I wasn't particularly worried for myself. But I think all of the, um, the info that's coming out and the messages from places like Italy was like, don't underestimate it. You are underestimating right now. It's a lot more serious than you're giving it credit for right now. I think it's only really now where you're starting to see the, the the tabloids sensationalize things on a daily basis enough that people are going, oh, wait a second. Actually, like I was going to go to the gym yesterday and then it was actually the day before I was like, actually, do you know what? I'm probably being irresponsible by doing that. So I just, I'm not going now until I get sort of the all clear that that's okay. That's the thing. On Tuesday, I was supposed to, um, I usually go to badminton on Tuesday was with a friend. I've already just started going to a new group um, three weeks into it. He wasn't going on Tuesday, but I was going to go. So I was thinking, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to let the team down because I'm, if I'm not turning up just because my friend isn't going. But I actually didn't go because I thought maybe I shouldn't be doing that. I'm actually the the people that I'm playing badminton with are uh, significantly older than me. Some of them, they're you know, twenty years my senior. Some of them, uh, I think. Well, sorry if they're listening. I think they they won't be, but you know, what I mean? <laughs> um, but they're, you know, significantly older, so they're at higher risk probably. Um, and yeah, it, it just makes me think a little bit, even, you know, on a Friday, we go out for, for a date night, we go out to a local restaurant, support a local, some kind of local business. And yeah. we're probably not going to be doing that on Friday, but a lot of those businesses are also doing takeaways. So we're thinking of doing that instead to, you know, yeah. keep supporting them. And because there's so many cafes closing down, there's so many things that are being affected by this. It's, it's massive. No, that's the main thing uh, is uh, if you support local businesses. The week the other day we were out, it's like, oh, should we go to, which one to go for, should we grab a sandwich from Marks? And it was like, no, let's, no, let's go to a local business to so, like do our bit. But everyone's having to do that. No one's really doing it to sort of, I don't know, save face or sort of look like that. Everyone actually seems to be doing the right thing because they want to, because like actually, as I say, the good sides are coming out. People are showing themselves to be inherently good, where for a long time I thought people were inherently opportunistic <laughs> so See, well. i think it's it's that's a that's a product of us being in a commercial world both you and i are in the commercial world and, and we see that a lot because it is capitalist um i i truly believe that people are good and unfortunately it's the bad that we focus on because the good goes ignore goes like it's just i don't know in fact sometimes you see something that that's good and people applaud it and it's almost sad that they have to applaud it because it's good yeah. do you know what i mean it's yeah. um you look what sells papers look look i mean the good news doesn't sell in newspapers i mean i think there should be tighter regulations within media and what they can actually report and can report there needs mm. to be a certain percentage of stories need to be positive things when i read stuff it sort of warms my heart and i'm like whether it's a, a mother beating cancer or, or it's, it's somebody just i don't know like a kid just doing well at something i'm like that's great i refuse to watch the news um i won't have it on um i i, I, have, I try and avoid it people today have been trying to get in touch with me about stuff have you seen such and such i'm like if it's important enough it'll hit my radar on whatsapp or an email and don't want to watch it because it's just perpetuating the negativity um I'm the same. It's, I'm exactly the same yeah. as that. I, I, I don't actively avoid it, but I don't go out and buy the newspapers. I don't watch the news necessarily. But when it's on, 
I'm captivated by it. If I just happen to walk in the room when the news is on, I'm captivated by it. And I'm like, wow, that's happening. Oh, oh, that's escalated quickly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. uh, are America doing the right thing here, etc. you know? But <laughs> anyway, right, we should really close the show. We are slightly late today. So, um, so thank you very, very much, Cameron. It's been wonderful talking to you. And I'm sure Josie would feel the same if she was here. I'm sure she'll listen afterwards and, uh, and see you next time anyway. So... Yeah, so on to our pimpage before we go. Um, you can visit our website at www.dnistream.live for links to all our social media and all our podcasting platforms. We will appear in your podcasters soon. Josie is ill at the moment. She usually does the publishing, so it may be a bit later this week than normal, but I will have hopefully everything ready tomorrow. Uh, as normal you can use the website to contact us for any reason if you want to be a guest on the show you want to uh, suggest any topics or you've just got anything nice to say you can send us negative stuff as well but if you have something nice to say we'd always appreciate that and the contact form does work now it's been broken for a few weeks uh, and lastly do not forget to follow our twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash DNI stream. We hope to see you next week on Thursday, uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Hopefully, Joseph will be back and we will let you know via Twitter what we will be talking about. So, thanks again, Cameron, and thanks again to everybody in chat. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.